Welcome everyone to episode 44 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and in this episode, I took a trip around Manhattan Island with HSO Cloud Application Platform Director, Andrew Welch. Now, Andrew tells an interesting story about the history of New York and why it serves as a lesson for those organizations moving towards a cloud application-based platform as a means to secure their future success. Now, it worked for New York and it could well work for you. So, grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Espresso, to be clear. Oh, strong. City (laughs) or countryside? Oh, uh, seaside, but if pressed, I'll go with city. Oh, really? Okay. Gates or jobs? Oh, um, definitely Steve Jobs. Do it yourself or hire an expert? <sighs> depends on depends on the topic. Uh, let's go software. Oh, um, mostly <laughs> hire an expert. <laughs> let's go. Let's go DIY at home. Oh, definitely hire an expert. Goes without saying. All right. So thank you for joining me, Andrew. And what we're talking about today is the topic of the way people can buy and consuming technology. And sort of the trend at the moment is moving away from point solutions into more of a platform first or platform led sort of purchase structure and implementation. But, but why do you think that shift is happening at all? Yeah. So I think that the, the shift is happening largely because of the technology that is available. Right. So if you look back historically at software acquisition, we're, we're even going to go back before the cloud, right? Yep. An organization would acquire or they would build custom a software application. They would buy it. They would deploy it to their on-premise um, or to their, you know, to their data center, whatever that was. Yep. And it was very difficult in that way to cause these uh, solutions to cause these sets of data to really talk with one another in an effective way. So you were building these very, very uh, highly custom, highly challenging data integrations between systems. And what started to happen, you know, 10 years ago or so, as we started to make this transition to the cloud, what what we started to see were those walls break down, but we were still fundamentally kind of using the same paradigm, but just in a virtual cloud environment. We're going to buy something, we're going to build something, we're going to deploy it somewhere, we're going to use it. As cloud technology has evolved, and in our world, this is around what we call the Microsoft Cloud Application Platform, consistent. Power Platform, Azure, and Microsoft 365, what we've seen are the emergence of technologies like Microsoft Dataverse, for example, where we build many, many different solutions. I call them data collection, but the pointy end of the spear, the things that users interact with and use, we build them atop common data sources. So that's why Dataverse was previously called CDS, the common data service. So a lot of this has to do with what's possible and how organizations are exploiting and using what has now recently become possible. I was going to ask you then, is it more, is it business led this evolution or is it innovation that's driving the change? I think that it's innovation catching up to where probably business users and business stakeholders have wanted to be for a long time. But it's it's finally the technical capability catching up with that. That's quite interesting because in the technology world, we always talk or we tend to talk about how innovative we are and how we're developing new solutions for different things. But actually, as you're saying there, it's rather business has been driving the change as opposed to the change has been driving the business, which is quite a different slant on it. Well, and I think that we're for a very long time we've kind of had a 
tail wagging the dog type of situation. What technologists don't understand, and and I I consider myself, you know, I consider us to be technologists, but what many technologists don't understand is that most organizations, setting aside technology companies, right? Most yeah. organizations have a purpose that is not technology, right? Like yeah. most organizations, whether it's a an insurance firm that's here to provide insurance products and services, or whether it's a, a, a public sector organization that's responsible for picking up the getting kids in school or defending the country, um, they all have other missions. It is the reverse. It is technology in service of the organizational mission. And what we saw for a long time was that so many business decisions got made because we couldn't do something with technology. Yep. And now we're seeing business decisions getting made because technology is finally there and able to support some of those business decisions. Is is every organization, is everyone on board with this evolution into this platform first world that we're moving into or have moved into? Almost nobody is ready for it. <laughs> I, I would say I would say that very few people are even thinking in these terms yet. Certainly some of the most successful organizations are, but very few really are. Um, and even fewer who might be thinking in this way, even fewer of them are ready for it. So there's quite a journey ahead of us. But on that journey, we're going to see who can run the fastest and who can run the surest. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. How would you how would you advise it in an organization that's looking to get onto who's <clears throat> looking to get onto the cusp of change onto a platform first environment and perhaps a little bit reticent behind uh, about it? But how would you advise them to kind of approach it? Yeah, so I'll I'll offer some strategic thinking and then I'll offer some really specific tactical thinking. So cool. from from a strategic perspective, and I've I've used this example in a in a blog post I wrote back in December. I would look at it the way that uh, once upon a time New York City looked at planning its famous now famous street grid, right? So if you look at um, Lower Manhattan, the area in the New York Financial District that the Dutch originally settled and then the English took from the from the Dutch and the then the English sort of reclaimed for them from themselves during the during yeah, during the American it. Revolution, right? Exactly. But so you look <laughs> at the bottom at the southern tip of Manhattan where where Wall Street is, and those streets and buildings they all sort of double back on one another, and it's it's rather chaotic down there from a from an urban planning perspective, especially if you look further up Manhattan, further up the island. So in the early 1800s, I believe it was 1810 or 1811, New York came out with what they called the Commissioner's Plan, which laid out the pattern of roughly north to south numbered avenues and east to west numbered streets. So long before, a hundred years before the Empire State Building stood in the place that it now stands, we at the very least, or our ancestors, knew that there was going to be a street corner there and we could build a building there. You know, and, and this was a pattern that additional innovation followed. So the New York City subway, kind of the, the oldest main large subway system in, in the world. So my recommendation to organizations trying to think strategically about the transition to the platform first era in the cloud is to use the commissioner's plan for inspiration. Try to plan in a way and build your street map, build your roadmap, your management, your governance, your infrastructure 
around what you think might be in the future, kind of try to anticipate 80% of outcomes. When the commissioner's plan was put together, no one could have conceived that we'd be able to engineer buildings as tall uh, as the Empire State Building, but we were able to absorb those kinds of workloads, we would call them in software, into the urban design of New York uh, later on. So that's that's my strategic recommendation. There's a few things, and I'll, I'll pause before I get on to some tactical ideas for people. Well, in terms of adoption then, so you're coming into the tactical, I suppose this is where the technology in particular fits into, into your recommendation. Right? How does technology help them in the tactical sort of sense of this adoption then? Yeah, well, so to, to translate the New York City example into, into technology, First and foremost, I think that you, I think that these organizations need to be, they need to be looking for an ecosystem. They need to be looking to acquire a foundational sort of platform technology that they believe is going to help them meet, say, 80% of their, of their needs going forward. There are not many organizations that, you know, there are not many technology vendors that are able to do this. Frankly, I think that Microsoft is, is, the only one that can do this really holistically, which is why I spent all my time with Microsoft technology. <laughs> so I think that, that that's, that's first and foremost. But I think that there's a mindset change that rather than looking to acquire a financial system or rather than looking to acquire an HR system or looking to build a custom application for a bespoke need sort of off in the corner, we need to be looking at how can we acquire and build solutions that are going to snap into that platform foundation that we've already put in place. And that means thinking very differently about requirements and the way that we the way that we manage projects and we manage kind of the software development life cycle. So one phrase that I use all the time is the tyranny of the deliverable. So we've got to get away from the old notion of saying, I need these 300 requirements to be met and um, vendor, please come to me and tell me what my deliverables are going to be over the next two years. The new way of doing this is to say, listen, I'm going to try to right size the capacity of expertise I have available to me. And then we're going to do things. We're going to innovate. We're going to solve business problems rapidly and continually. And we're going to look more at outcomes, more at what the business value is, what sort of efficiency gains we realize, how we make life easier for our our employees and for our customers, rather than, you know, that's the tyranny of the deliverable saying, I must have this delivered to me and this (laughs) delivered to me and this delivered to me. So it's a very, very radically different way of thinking about how we structure technology acquisition acquisition and service delivery as well. It's, as you say, it's a mindset shift as much as anything else. Oh, yeah. Don't think about technology. Think about the future. What challenges do you want to solve? Where does your organization aspire to be? Andrew refers to what he calls the tyranny of the deliverable. In other words, stop thinking about technology as a set of outputs. Instead, consider the platform you're putting in place as the conduit to any future possibility forming the basis on which to innovate and solve business problems by snapping on new applications as the need arises. Less costly, more structured, faster and business value led. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more podcasts on our channel www.hso.com forward slash dynamics hyphen matters.